This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. <laughs> and a good morning. Well, yes, this has been scramble. an auspicious start. Yes, uh, indeed. <laughs> trying to find the right headphones. That match the that jack. That match the jack. And, and you're to, running around following cables. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the sound coming out of the, the one headphone that I have to wear is like blowing me out of the room. <laughs> oh, my God. I finally found the controls. Good. All hey. right, but explain to everybody why you're so bamboozled. Oh, yeah. We, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Shirley and I were in Vancouver uh, this past week to visit her son and, and uh, three of her uh, grandchildren, so it was a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. But, of course, now I'm on a jet lag situation there. Because you got in last night. Yeah, yeah. Um, about 7.15 thereabouts. Flight was a little late. And by the time we got home, it was a little late, you know. All that sort of thing. So, anyway, uh, we're here, but a little tired. Okay, so you quickly give the numbers. I got a million announcements. Okay, my friend, let's go for it. In Toronto, 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And please keep in mind a little mantra. Call early, call often. One question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, let Sebastian know and... That's what you're going to hear you before you hit the That's right. That's All right. right. Uh, excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, okay, so I have mentioned this before. Remember today, the Harrison and District Hort Society presenting the annual Garden Festival. Started at 8 a.m., runs till 2 o'clock and in the Harrison Community Center. Sounds like actually quite a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. This weekend, the Cuddy Gardens in Strathroy are hosting an open garden and plant sale. Garden tours, there's food or bring your own picnic, lots of activities for all ages today, 10 to 4, and tomorrow, 11 to 4. And that is 2844, well, 2843 Center Road in Strathroy. Next weekend features the 31st annual Through the Garden Gate Tour, sponsored by the Toronto Botanical Garden, one of my all-time favorite garden tours. Um, I will be going on this one. Again, I always try to go. It's it's just so well organized. This year, there are 19 private gardens in the Winfields Estates area, and it's open to all the people who'd like to explore front yards, backyards. It's got gardens that are professionally designed and some that have been installed and just grown organically as the homeowners have created them. They're all very loved gardens, and they're, the organization that goes into this tour is amazing. There's shuttle buses, there's ice cream carts, there's master gardeners in every garden to answer any questions you might have. I, I remember you waxing poetic about yeah. this event last year, too. Yeah, it's a very, very good mm-hmm. one. The headquarters this year are at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, so you can just head over there, 777 Lawrence Avenue East, mm-hmm. corner of Leslie and Lawrence. Uh, 
and as I said, it's two, both days, Saturday and Sunday next week. And of course, I didn't write the times down, but it's it's like you know, eleven to four, I think, are the times. And so, for more information, TorontoBotanicalGarden.com. Also, next weekend, the Oshawa Peony Festival from ten to four, Saturday and Sunday, one five five Arena Street in Oshawa. Okay. And clear your calendar for Garden Days. They're coming up very quickly, June 16th to the 24th. There's tons of activities right in every province right across the country. It's a nine-day program, events for gardening enthusiasts, for everyone to get involved. Um, so it is actually, from you know, obviously a ton of fun just getting into the garden or getting into other people's gardens. <laughs> um, and with this cooler weather, yeah. I'm totally going to enjoy getting into my garden as opposed to the last crazy it's hot week. It's been stinking hot, I understand. It, eh? Yes, wow. of course you weren't here. You were oceanside. Some of us were <laughs> melting here for yeah. the last since, like for a full week. It was just whew, killer. Um, www.gardendays.ca. And on Saturday, June the 16th, we'll have special guest garden days spokesperson mm-hmm. Sean James will join us by phone because of course he's out and about flitting about being the spokesperson he wouldn't have time to actually come to the station he'll be out there with his you know coach and his fairies doing his his run around and you know being the garden day spokesperson and yes it just goes on and on and on June is a crazy month uh, so I will leave the next few for next week but uh, uh, like I say lots going on okay so you're tuned in to the garden show featuring Charlie Dobbin of course Master Gardener, and uh, yours truly, Frank Proctor, the uh, sous chef of the garden. We welcome your calls, and thank you for joining us on this Saturday morning. Back with uh, word with Nancy from Burlington in just moments here on Zoom Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Alrighty, Charlie, let's get to it. Here, there's Nancy in Burlington. Good morning, Nancy. Welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Charlie uh, and Frank. Morning. Uh, I'm uh, calling about a Japanese maple. I was given a Japanese maple several years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the storm, ice storm, about four years ago, mm-hmm. uh, destroyed one of the two major branches, mm-hmm. um, and so we continued on with the with the maple with the one branch. However, I noticed. Um, a growth coming from below, I assume below the graft, uh, which is a green Japanese maple. Uh, and uh, it started growing side by side. However, this past winter, the other branch of the red, original red uh, Japanese maple was uh, damaged by the ice. Mm-hmm. And, and now I have this green yeah, really. Japanese maple. <laughs> and I want to know, um, can I trim it now? I, I, and how much can I trim it? Uh, it I, it's in a space that I don't want it to grow to be too big. Okay, so not knowing what cultivar might be the, uh, that rootstock, for sure, is it, it is a Japanese maple that's growing, obviously yes. green. Okay, yeah. yes, you can trim. Actually, it's a good time to trim, but uh, and you can take as much as up to a third or even a little bit more if you needed to off that plant now. Uh, great weather coming because it's dry and it's cool, perfect gardening weather. So uh, I'm assuming it is dry. Double check because we don't want to do any major pruning and then have a big 
uh, rainstorm afterwards. Remember when we prune, we're wounding. So we want to do all our wounding when it's dry weather and the wounds will dry and heal much more quickly than they will when it's pouring rain or it's super humid. But, um, but for sure, if, it's, if you're going to keep what's there, definitely stand back. Do, do a real scouting out on the structure you want that plant to be. If it's really wide right now and you want it a lot narrower, then really look at where the growth is, is growing to the sides and take that away and just concentrate on maybe one major stem that's going up as your terminal and, and bring everything back into a, a much more, you know, better form to fit the space. All righty? Oh. Yeah, okay, uh, that, that's uh, helpful. I just don't want to destroy the tree, but I also don't want it to destroy my garden. That's right. It's a fine line. But I, but I imagine it'll, it, it may not be, well, see what you think. You know, it'll be one of those things. Typically, if it's being used as a rootstock, there's something good about it. It's a vigorous, probably hardy plant, but it might be so vigorous that it might be more trouble than it's worth. It might just require so much pruning that you'll end up saying, forget it, I need to go back to one that's a little slower growing and stays a little smaller smaller for my space. Yeah, okay, so there's every chance that this could be quite big. Possibly, yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay, you've been very helpful. Thanks a lot. My Thank pleasure. you, Nancy. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Uh, if we were going by car, we'd jump in the uh, old family chariot and get up to the 401 and head west, and there's Cambridge, and there's mm-hmm. Lorraine. Good morning, Lorraine. Hi, Frank. Hi. Um, I have um, a, a big pine tree, and underneath I'm growing... Um, ferns and hostas, and they're not really doing that well. Do you think there's lack of water or acidic to acidic? Probably both of the above. Okay. <laughs> For sure, it's going to be too acidic. Do you? What is the ground like? Is it a lot of needles on the ground usually? Yes. yes. Do you try and rake those out, or, or do you just let them sit there? And I let them de- sit there because it's nice and soft. <laughs> yeah, for sure it is. Um, so a couple of things. One is, and you said it's a big old pine, so it's big, obviously. It's yes. been there for a long time. So go to your local garden center and pick up, because you'll, you'll find it at this time of year, a bag of something called horticultural lime. Okay. And it'll say dolomitic lime or horticultural lime. Take that home, and what you're going to do is you're going to... like. If you can, leave the, the pine needles, but depending on how big the space is, move some of the pine needles away from directly contacting where the ferns and the hostas are okay. so that there's, you know, it's not quite as thick of a pile around them. And then you're going to sprinkle lime around the ferns and hostas on the surface of the soil. You're going to get out a sprinkler, get some water in under there, and help that lime get down into the soil where the ferns and hostas are growing, and you're going to raise that pH a tiny bit with that lime, and you're going to do that every single spring, actually. You're going to have to do that all, all the time. Okay. Now, um, can I refer back to something you said last week? Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm taking suckers off things, um, what, would that work to, uh, to break them off on um, uh, let's see, forsythia tree and a smoke tree? So, f- uh, forsythia tree and smoke tree. So, these are from the root? Or, yes. Yeah. Yes, but uh, I think if you dig down, if you follow down where that growth is coming from, like that's the challenge, right? You see this little branch or stem popping up through the soil. If it's attached to the main branch and you don't want it and it's small, you can just break it off. If it's coming from below ground, you have to move the soil away and follow down, follow down with your fingers, moving the soil till you see where it's coming from. Once you find the point of connection, the sucker to the root, then you can break it. And 
sometimes just getting down that far is so onerous, people don't even bother. They just cut it off below, mm. just below ground level. But yeah, for sure, that will stop that sucker growing if you can follow it down and break it off from where it's growing from. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Lorraine. My pleasure. And that brings us to our first stop, as we say. Uh, first break coming up. But a couple of lines open, actually, at uh, in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And in uh, the province, it's toll-free, of course, 1-866-740-4740. Back in a moment, traveling to Waterloo next time around to say Still hi to Catherine. Still going west. <laughs> I know. Yes, we're on the move. <laughs> Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie, let us uh, say good morning to Alice calling in from Port uh, Mount Hope, I believe. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, oh, did I, did Catherine in Waterloo. There? Oh, did I buy that? I'm very sorry. Oh, in Waterloo. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Forgot where we're headed. Yeah. All right. Uh, Catherine, sorry about that. Good morning. Uh, good morning, uh, morning. Uh, Charlie. Uh, yeah, uh, last spring, uh, yeah, this is about my magnolia mm-hmm. tree out in front. Okay. Uh, uh, my husband did that spray, dormant spray, mm-hmm. you know, horticulture oil and yes. lime. Uh, and uh, uh, it, it it came back really good. Um, that flowered, you know, good leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have to do this every year? <laughs> well, okay. The reason you uh, how, how was the tree? Did you have an infestation of an insect called scale that you know of, or he was just doing it on principle? Yeah. No. It. it yeah, there was something. Okay. Yeah, the magnolia is very susceptible to an insect that uh, debilitates the tree, and if it's left unchecked, will eventually kill the tree. Oh it does take a number of years for the tree to die, but it's not. It's a very sad death. It, um, it's messy, and it's, um, you know, the insect just sucks mm. the juices out of the plant, and the insect um, population expands like crazy, and it covers the tree, and eventually, like I said, it, it just dies. Oh. So... It was a good idea to do the dormant spray. I assume your husband did it when the plant was dormant. Yeah. So he did it in the early spring before any leaves had come out. So he did that in 2017, you yeah. said? Yeah. Not this past spring. So what I would do is take a really close look at it, keep an eye on it, make sure it's happy, it's healthy, make sure it's fertilized. All of our garden plants very much appreciate a spring fertilizing. So, you know, there's different ways to fertilize trees, but either way, just make sure that you're doing the right things to keep it happy and healthy. And then it'll be um, very much your judgment whether to spray again in spring 2019 or not. But it, it dormant spray is a completely natural, completely organic. Organic, and it is an excellent preventative spray for so many of our garden plants that it, it is a good idea if uh, if he can do it. And just uh, thank you for um, the, the mulch idea. I, I didn't think I would want to do all that work, <laughs> but uh, it, it's come out really good. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, mulch looks good, smells good, and it does a lot of good things for the garden, yeah. so it's a good idea. Excellent. Well, Thanks a lot, Catherine. Thanks for your call. <laughs> okay. Now we head off to uh, Mount Hope. There and go. there's Alice. Hi, Alice. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Excellent. Great, Good. 
Listen, I have called in a few times, but anyways, my concern today is my husband has a bonsai plant mm-hmm. that we've had for a year, mm-hmm. and it was, you there? Yes, we're here. Oh, okay. And it was doing really well, but all of a sudden it's got, like he waters it and he's fertilized it, but we haven't changed the soil since last year. But now it's got brown at the top of it, and we don't know what to do. It's like all starting to look kind of dead. There's mm. parts of it that look green, though. So do you know what what the variety is of the plant that he's got growing as a bonsai? Oh, God, no. Can, is there any way you could take a photograph and send me a picture? You know, maybe I can do that. That would be that would be helpful because it's very hard for me. I mean, bonsai does have its challenges, no question. Very shallow little trays that they grow in, uh, and very consistent watering and fertilizing and pruning and detailing is required with bonsai. But it, I need to know what what you're actually growing in order to be of much use, I think, to you or your husband. So, uh, if you could, I can give you the mailing address or the email address, whichever one you prefer to send a photo. I can do um, an email. Email? Okay, I can give you the uh, address right now if you can take that down. Okay. It's alrighty. C. Dobbin, that's D O B B I N, at mzmedia.com. And that'll get that right right to. Okay, I will do that. Thank you so much. I enjoy your show. Thank you. Thank you, Alice. Have a great day. In fact, have a great weekend. Mm-hmm. Nice to have you with us. Um, let's see. What do we want to mention there? Did you want to I mention I just want to say that you could, yeah, when you said have a nice weekend, I just going, yeah, so, like, what a difference a week makes. Oh. Just because it was, so, I'm just still thinking about how crazy hot it was. Oh, it wow. It was May. Yeah. And I mean, everything was, the spring flowers were finishing, well, the summer well, flowers were also starting to finish. We came home last <laughs> night, like about a foot and a half grass. Yeah. So, oh, mm. yeah. Things were growing. Yeah. Things okay. were progressing much quicker uh, than they should have. Right. <laughs> Let's see what's going on in Cambridge, Ontario. There's Kelly. Good morning, Kelly. Hi, Charlie. Another Japanese maple yeah. question. Hi there. Yep. Hello. I have a about a four-year-old, 12-foot um, Japanese maple. It sits uh, probably in a raised bed about three or four feet uh, in the southeast corner of our garden, mm-hmm. full sun. It's a, a wooden fence on the one side, and it didn't bud out. I had one tiny little thing at the bottom with three or four leaves that came out. They died, but the mm-hmm. branches seem alive, so... We don't know if it'll bud next year or oh, if it's gone. No, and we should just pull don't. It out. Yeah, don't wait for it till next year. So here's what you're going to do: <clears throat> if the branches seem alive, meaning they're still flexible, they're still green or red, depending on what color Japanese maple it is. Um, there's that you, know, you get a shininess on the on the branches when they're alive versus a very yep. dull gray look when they're not. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if the, you know if the sometimes plants. For whatever reason, don't break out of dormancy. They just stay dormant. Now, the Japanese maples really took a hit in the fall. As you and and remember, I'm sure, and many callers called in as well, um, the Japanese maples were not ready for winter at all. They they did not ever get the right environmental conditions for them to drop their leaves. So they were all just perking along, la, 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 and all of a sudden we had hard frost. All the leaves died, still attached to the trees, and they went through the winter with that very sharp, you know, the, the, like physiologically, they didn't go into dormancy gently as they should. It was an overnight snap. They were now 
fast asleep. So some of them had trouble waking up as a result. And uh, so what I would do if I were you is, um, like if you, and you'll know once you start getting out your pruners, go to that plant and do some pruning. You're going to prune back wherever there's a branch or a stem. Prune back, it might be anywhere from an inch to six inches back on every single stem and branch and tip that you've got. And the reason you're going to do that is you're trying to jumpstart it and force it to start growing if there's life in it. And okay. uh, and once you've done that, of course, ensure that it's been there's water because raised beds tend to get drier than in the ground. <clears throat> they also are colder than in the ground. So okay. there is a possibility that the overwintering. Uh, and again, we we saw a fair amount of dieback of Japanese maples even in the ground, depending on which direction they were facing and how much okay. kind of coldness they got. We had some cold periods without a lot of snow this past winter, so that might have caused some suffering as well. So, bottom line is what you've got available to you right now is is some pruning in an effort to sort of bump start that plant a lot awake. And if it has life in those roots and you know energy, it mm-hmm. will grow. So. So try that. Give it a couple of weeks. If you start to see some growth, good. Stay on the watering. Fertilize if you start to see some growth. Uh, and then, you know, redo your pruning as necessary if it's all growing kind of funny after you prune it. Uh, if you don't see anything in a couple of weeks, then it's toast. It'll be just uh, into the compost okay. and get another one. All okay, right. so four to six inches off of every tip. Yep, yep, to a bud, okay. like where the bumps are, where the nodes are. You want to cut back yep. to a node. Okay. To a node. Okay, yeah. great. All righty. Thanks, Thanks, Kelly. Thank Thanks. You. Let us know how that uh, works out. All righty. I will. Go. Thank you. As we wave bye-bye to uh, Kelly, we uh, uh, mentioned we've got a couple of lines open here, 416-360-0740, and then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Out to the other direction now we go, to Port Perry. Hey, there's Norm. Good morning, Norm. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. Morning. Uh, my uh, question is that um, um, I was wondering if there's a replacement for a Sycon 2E. Huh. I, uh, I usually paint my birch, I, I paint a band around my birch tree a couple of times a year. I've still got a bit of old stock, but I'm running out. I was wondering <laughs> if there's a replacement. No, there is not. Okay, so Saigon 2E is what we call a systemic insecticide. Yes. It, it was um, banned and made illegal 10 years ago. Yes. So it, I'm just saying, you know, we shouldn't be talking about this on, on the radio, that you're, you still got some and you're still using it. Uh, you shouldn't, actually. It, it does work, though. That's the thing, and you're right. We paint it on the birch trees. It's absorbed through the thin bark, right? Because birch mm-hmm. are great with that thin bark. They absorb that pesticide. And now the plant becomes toxic so that when leaf miners or borers, which birch are famous for getting bronze birch borers, entering through the very top of the tree, they try and enter and start chewing down into the tree. The tree is toxic because of the Saigon running inside it, and the insect dies and does not succeed in uh, taking over and killing. I've had good luck with it, and I'm just running out. I haven't got much more of what I had. Yeah, Uh, so there are no systemics available to the hobby gardener or the homeowner at this point um, in Ontario. I do know people that will take a trip across the board 
border, either the Quebec border or the American border, to pick up what they're missing. Um, but I wouldn't recommend it. But nevertheless, that that no. is an option. Otherwise, no, I, I had somebody try to get me some uh, over there some years ago, and they couldn't find it. So oh, I really? kind of give up on it. Oh, really? I'm I'm but, surprised. But anyway, that hmm. I, I was just wondering because my uh, birch tree is very healthy. Yeah. And, uh, well, okay, it's so up full growth, and uh, so I that, guess I'm just going to have to. Uh, eventually stop treating it. Well, exactly. And also, but remember that you're, you're right. A healthy tree is a tree that withstands all kinds of, um, you know, things that might happen, adversity. So your job is to keep that tree as healthy as possible. That means fertilizing it, like deep root fertilizing, deep root watering if we get into serious drought, yeah. bringing in an arborist every five or six years to clean up dead wood and yes, you know, I, lighten I the crown. I did have an arborist in here a couple of years ago because yeah. there was infection at it and they... Uh, uh, they uh, cut a lot out of it, so yeah. uh, I have a few other trees around, and if anything's not looking right, I usually get them over to Good. Uh, check it mm-hmm. out. So I've really looked after this tree. And, yeah, uh, and well, don't so. wait till it doesn't look good. Like, get just sort of put your arborist on a cycle where they're dropping in, whether it's every four years, five years, to just mm-hmm. go through your trees. And of course, arborists have access to equipment you don't have, so they yes. can do that deep root feeding for you uh, if you don't have a you know, a deep root feeder, uh, though you can buy one yourself, um, and deep root watering, and they can prune, and they have access to pesticides that you don't have access to as well, many yeah. of them. So just make sure that you are calling a certified arborist, and I agree with you 100%. Look after your trees, not only because we love our trees, but also they add a lot of value to your home. They, they do. Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay, thanks very much, Charlie all and right, Frank. I, I listen to your show all the time. Oh, thanks that's so great. Much. Thank you, Norm. Bye now. Take care. Appreciate that. Have a wonderful weekend, and thanks for keeping it tuned here to The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Uh, Oh, hey, uh, hooray, I can reach for the bell. (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to this every week. Uh, (laughs) First-time caller, hey, that's for Doreen in Belgrave, Ontario. Good morning, Doreen. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What's going on? We have a brand-new lawn uh-huh. that is now lush and green. Uh-huh. How do we care for it? So new as in sod was put down? Oh, no. We started with hard rock soil and turned it into a lush. Wow. So you planted some seed? Yes. Okay, and was the seed planted this spring or last fall? Eight days ago. Oh, wow, and it's all coming up that fast. Several inches high. <laughs> oh, Ooh, baby. Good, well, but down good at you. Sarnia at our granddaughter's. Oh, uh, nice. Okay, but it's probably very thin, brand new grass when you say it's, it's couple... thin, brand new, yeah, but yeah. very lush. Nice. So you picked a good seed, it sounds like. So the job now is to uh, recognize, a, so it's being watered, obviously, that because mm-hmm. the seed wouldn't have grown, and the heat, of course, the seed loves all this heat, and moisture makes all the difference. So the challenge now is figuring out when to mow it uh, so that it, because you don't want it to get too tall. I'd say get it up. Remember, we set our mowers at three inches high. So if it's about two inches high now, I'd say, you know, probably in the next four or five days. 
and make sure it's not super wet when the first mowing because you don't want to get those you don't want to create tracks with the wheels of the mower in this brand new lush lawn so it is going to be one of those things that's a careful mowing uh, but let it let it not have been watered for at least 48 hours before that mowing or or even longer so that it's a little bit on the dry side you'll find it'll mow better if it's not too wet and uh, but just get it up above that three inches so that you're just taking the tips off and that will start that thickening up of the blades that you're looking for otherwise how, how much water per week does it need from now on well lawns in general we say need an inch or two and a half centimeters per week of of liquid so whether it comes in the form of rain or it comes from our sprinklers that that's that's what they need to stay green now with a new lawn you have to be a little bit aware maybe sometimes a little more water rather than less water just because you're what you're trying to do is you're trying to get those little seedlings because remember that's Mm -hmm. thousands of little plants you're growing there from seed you want those roots to get as established and as deep as possible so it's a thorough watering when you do water none of this like little sprinkle every day you did do little sprinkles every day to get the seeds growing once they've grown now you start you water less frequently but more thoroughly so more deeply Uh, and that's the trick is that's how you're going to get those roots to go deep is you're going to water deep but you're never going to water every day once we get you know the seeds have germinated as it sounds they have Okay. All right. Okay. That all makes sense. Yep. So it's just a, keep it keep it moist, water thoroughly when you do, and get that mower out in the next week or so, and start the the mowing. And remember, always change your mowing pattern so you don't end up with those tracks from the wheels of the mower. Okay. Hey, Doreen, don't be a stranger. You're always welcome here on the yeah. Garden Show. Okay. Uh, we have to take another break here, um, but we'll come back to say hi to Mary Lou in Mississauga and a whole bunch of other folks all lined up, ready to talk to Charlie Dobbin here on the Garden. Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And once again, Charlie witnesses Frankie reaching over to that bell. Ah, to yes. Give it a, yes. Get that arm going. Hey, that's for Mary Lou in Mississauga. Good morning, Mary Lou. Good morning, uh, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me and love your show. Thank you. Welcome. I have a question about my sand cherry bush. Mm-hmm. I this spring it had no buds on it, and it hasn't bloomed at all. It's just uh, sticks. Mm. And I noticed down near the bottom of the trunk, it's about an inch in diameter. All the bark around it mm-hmm. is coming off. Yeah. Now I know last year in the midsummer, mm-hmm. it had some sort of a insect on it Mm -hmm. so i went and got an insecticide and sprayed it Mm -hmm. and after that uh it seemed to be okay Mm -hmm. and uh because the leaves were falling off of it before this and it seemed to be okay but uh, this year it's just completely a skeleton i think it's dead you know, it's that bark at the bottom that's missing that's the problem. Yeah. <clears throat> the bark, it, it could be that bunny rabbits got to it in the winter because, remember, purple sand cherry is a member of the rose family. It is mm-hmm. a pretty tasty plant. Uh, and right. so there are many insects that are attracted to it. Um, they, I've seen purple sand cherry with scale insects, with aphids. There are cankers. There's all kinds of bacterial diseases that can get in there. Um, and then there's 
there's the fungal diseases where we get even fire blight. And it's quite a, it's a lovely plant, but it does have its, it's challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right. exactly, it's susceptible to a lot of things. So what I now, would do is say, now you could do one thing is get out a saw, saw it down. Right. Quite often the root is alive and it will grow back from the root. It's a, How it, far should I saw it down? Well, if you're where, right where that bark is missing, you're going to go just below there and see what happens. Sometimes it'll sprout up from the root uh, uh-huh. and they can live for many, many years oh. um, right. coming up from the root. It's kind of interesting, but it's just a question of there being enough energy in that root for that to happen. So hard to mm-hmm. say, but with the now, bark would, gone. Would change the soil around the roots help too? No, not really. Not with with the. I, I think I wouldn't mess around with what's going on underground at this point, unless for whatever reason you want to dig the whole thing out and put something else in that spot. Uh, if you can just give it some time, removing what you the dead part of the above ground dead part might jumpstart some some growth from the root. If not, then yeah, it's, I'm going to try that. Yeah. I, I will definitely try that because yeah. it is a, it was a beautiful bush. Mm-hmm, exactly, and you can always replace it with a small one. They grow fairly quickly, and then just mm-hmm. you know find a spot in between where the existing roots are to pop another one in there. Yeah, keep in touch with this, Mary Lou. Let, let us know how you get on with that. Yeah. Oh, I listen to your show every Saturday. Well, so that's I shall do that. Oh, Thank you very Mary much Lou. for your help today. You're Thanks. welcome. Thank you so much. Alrighty, we've got uh, oh, hey, uh, across the border, international stuff going on here. <laughs> Richard in Fredonia, New York. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Frank. Morning. And Charlie? Okay, I have a butterfly bush and Survived the winter. This is the second time it's come up, mm-hmm. and it's only about a foot high right now. Didn't mm-hmm. get very high last year, but this year I see the a few of the leaves are, are curling, mm-hmm. and they got a little like a brown scale oh. behind it. And I open it up, I don't see any bugs, but um, unless I missed them. But um, okay, so um, all right, so th- you've removed all the dead because there would have been some dead stuff this spring on the bush. So you clip that all away. You've got all that nice green growth coming up. It's about a foot high. And the brown scale, is that like a bump on the leaves, an actual protuberance, or is it just a brown spot? Uh, I'd say like a brown spot. Okay. I've got, there's peonies around it. I don't know if um, yeah. should it make a, a difference? problem or not. No, peonies should be fine. And what I would probably do, it's not, yeah, it's it's not that unusual to have the odd leaf spot on leaves. Okay. Uh, certainly the heat has been a bit intense here. Yeah. I imagine it was even hotter where you are. Which yeah. is, it's ca- and it's kind of pushing the growth so fast that in a lot of ways the plants are suffering. You know, it was dry, it was hot. And, the you know, when it's hot like that, the physiology mm-hmm. of plants is to get going. So okay. make sure that you are watering thoroughly. Keep the plant, you know, not every day, obviously, but deep, sure. deep water um, twice a week. Uh, it's cooler now, but deep water twice a week if we're not getting rain so that you're keeping those roots thoroughly, you know, well watered uh, and encouraging that growth. It, you could consider fertilizing with even just um, some compost around the plant, you know, some supplement around the existing soil good organic material helps cool the roots feed the roots add some good bacteria microorganisms all that kind of um, soil amendment is an excellent thing to do now if you can get in there when the plants are still small enough and uh, and just do that kind of tender loving care to get it through the summer and you you should it should be four or five feet tall by the end of the summer ready to bloom and look great in the in the late summer garden 
Sounds great. Okay. Okay, Richard. Thanks, Richard. And You're welcome, and thanks for your help. Yeah, oh, you my bet. pleasure. All the very best to all the rest of the folks tuned in from Fredonia, New York. I know. We should have asked him, where is Fredonia? Yeah, son of a gun. That's well, good sounding name. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> little melodic sort of name. Huh? Exactly. Uh, we have to take another little break here, okay. but we do have Jean and Janet waiting on the line to have a chat with you, Charlie. So let's just sit back in our chair and you can relax for a moment or so. Thank okay, you. here on The Garden Show. How far is Stokes willing to go to bring you the best variety of gardening accessories? Each year, the accessories purchasers at Stokes Seeds crisscross North America, reporting back on hundreds of new products. But only the most beneficial to you make it into Stokes' virtual catalog. And the results are in. Check out the Spring Accessories Catalog online and subscribe to the free e-newsletter to get growing at stokeseeds.com. Stokes, cultivating successful growers for generations. Think saving has to slow down when you retire? Think again. With Meridian's five-year GIC at a highly competitive 3.5% interest, your money keeps working while you do whatever the heck you want. Write a novel. Write a jet ski. Write a novel while riding a jet ski. Go on one of those silent retreats like the one I'm on right now. And let 3.5% interest keep your money working. Meridian, enjoying the heck out of your retirement. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Get green and save green. At Pollux Carpet Mark. Save on extra heavy pile green turf. Designed for fast drainage. You save big now at Pollux. Valued at $7 a square foot. Pollux special price just for you. Only $4.50 a square foot. If it's not Pollux, it's Bollocks. Doesn't look like much on the outside. Doesn't cost too much on the inside. The biggest deals on Ronces Vales. Consumer's Choice Award winner. Pollux Carpet Market. You've made the commitment to live a healthy, active lifestyle. No one said it would be easy, but it can be with Healthy Planet. Healthy Planet is your source for high-quality vitamins, herbs, supplements, health foods, sports nutrition, and more, including natural cosmetics and bath products. Plus, they have a nutritionist on site and a 5% discount for seniors every Tuesday and Thursday. Healthy Planet. Live life healthy. 19 locations and growing. And online at HealthyPlanetCanada.com. Official partner of your Toronto Raptors. New York City. If you can make it there, come with Great Canadian Holidays and do it in one of three ways. Want to see Come From Away on Broadway? Book New York City Sightseeing. Stay in the heart of Manhattan on New York City Getaway. Or choose the new New York and be on the cutting edge in Brooklyn. Three very different New Yorks with one thing in common. No airports. Getting to New York City on a big blue coach is not only worry-free, it's half the fun. Book now at GreatCanadianHolidays.com. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, the old sous chef of the garden saying, Oh, hi you're to not you. old. Oh, okay, I'm not old. You're but right. you did just have a birthday. Yeah, did I wish you happy birthday? Well, thank you. Uh, last Friday, the 25th. There you go. There and your mm. daughter Natasha's birthday is today, I today believe. Today and the big bash tonight in Sarnia. Big so bash. I'm looking so forward to that. Fl- yeah. Fly in <laughs> from Vancouver and then hop your private jet down to jet Sarnia. <laughs> Man. Not likely. You do uh, get around. <laughs> in Chatham, there's Jean. <laughs> Good morning, Jean. Good morning. Morning. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned about putting uh, ammonia around your hosta plants for grubs. Yeah, uh, slugs. Yep. 
bugs and grubs, are they the same? The no. little white curly things? No, the white curly things are grubs, um, and they are not slugs. They're two different, two completely different uh, animals, actually. Slugs so are the slimy ones. on those? Uh, you could. They usually are... T- the thing with grubs is that they are chewing on the roots of plants. And so yeah. they're down a couple of inches, if not deeper, in your soil, chewing away. So putting enough ammonia mixed with water on the surface of the soil, hoping that it will percolate down to where the grubs are to kill them, is not a a good bet because the ammonia just won't get down deep enough to kill the grubs. Slugs, on the other hand, are right on the surface of the soil where their little eggs are hatching now, and they are rapidly climbing up into the foliage to chew leaves because they are leaf eaters as opposed to root eaters. So the ammonia works on the slugs because they're closer to the surface than the grubs are. What can I use on grubs because I have a lot? And is that in your garden when you're digging around to plant and you're just finding them all over the place? Yes. And is it a vegetable garden or flower garden? Oh, flower garden and hmm. hostas. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, <clears throat> okay, what I suggest, there uh, in St. Catharines, there is a company called Natural Insect Control. So NIC is the acronym. Do you have access to a computer? Yes. Okay, so Google natural insect control, and you will find them in St. Catharines. They do. They have a very educational website. They do provide um, nematodes, which will attack grubs if you follow all the instructions on the nematode package. Nematodes are, and it's basically it's a biological control. So you're using one insect to destroy another insect. Um, now, they definitely sell the uh, nematodes that we use later in the summer. But I, they may, I'm not sure, I'd have to double check myself, they may have a different variety of nematode in the spring that can be used now to help control grub populations now. Keeping in mind that the grubs are soon pupating and then emerging as adults. So insect life cycles happen very, very quickly. And so, it, I, I, like I said, it's worth just you double-checking NIC, Natural Insect Control. See if they have nematodes available now to be used in the spring on grubs. If so, order today. They will shoot them off to you. You'll have them in you know, 24 hours, 48 hours, and use them right away as per package instructions. Okay? Okay. Sounds good. Good stuff. Thanks Thank you, for your call. Thank you. All righty. All the very best to you from the gang here at uh, Zuma Radio. Hey, there's Janet in Bradford. Good morning, Janet. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Um, I have a situation with a locust tree that I've had for 12 years. It's um, about 30 feet high. It has an infestation of some sort. They're having a great time chewing all the leaves. Mm -hmm. I was told not to worry about that. And it should come back, and these, whatever it is chewing up, will fly away one day. Can you tell me, before I have it cut down, can you tell me what I should do? All right, so is it a locust or a honey locust? A honey locust. Okay, just wanted to clarify that. All right, and you've had it for 14 years, and it's 30 feet tall? I think it's about 30 feet tall. That's It's it's tall. The branches are very high. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, yes, there's a whole bunch of things chewing right now. Very little caterpillars. We've got eastern tent caterpillars. Uh, We've got, oh, there's a million of them out there. It's, it's, yeah, it's just right now. And they're doing some severe damage to the foliage of trees. 
what you could do yourself or you could hire somebody to spray for you is an insecticide called B as in Bob, T as in Tom. So BT. You will find it for sale in any garden center right now. It could come in a liquid form. It can come in a powdered form. It actually is a bacteria. It's, so it's a live bacteria that you're going to mix with water. You spray it up into the trees and the bacteria will kill any of those larvae that it uh, touches. So it's very, very effective on any of those chewing um, caterpillars that are defoliating and, and wreaking havoc in our trees. So, you know, if it's a really high, you know, tall, tall tree, it's very hard to reach, you know, right. get the pressure out of your hose to get that high. Right. Uh, so then it's one of those, do you hire somebody to come and do it for you? Or do you just say, okay, we're going to lose a few leaves, but I'm going to care for my tree. I'm going to water it. I'm going to feed it. I'm going to keep it as healthy as possible so that it can grow more leaves. Right. If, as a bunch of them are getting eaten, more will grow. Because that trees can put up with a lot of abuse. I mean, they they can have tree leaves missing, and then they can grow more if they have the energy to do so. So right. that's where you are, you know, supplementing with good, you know, organic soils and composts and fertilizers and and lots yeah. of water as required. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll hope uh, this will work because I hate to have it cut down. My no. neighbor has has a honey locust and mm. there's nothing wrong with hers. <laughs> Well, but mine has been infestated. So. Wait, so, well, so then that says something. It says something about your tree is under stress for some reason. Yes. So make sure that you, it, there's no lawn growing right up to the base of the tree. Make right. sure that you know, there's mulch at the bottom. Right. Uh, make sure there's no whippersnippering, no bark removal with whippersnippers around the base yeah. of the tree. So, and again, you know, make sure that the branches have been properly pruned and the canopy is thin out enough that the good, good air circulation. So care for the tree yeah. and it will be much healthier as a result and not get the bugs. Thank you. Okay. okay. All Thank the best. I enjoy you your go. show. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Appreciate all the callers this yeah. morning. I think we're just about on a racetrack. We are. Yeah. Look, I just saw Alan come blasting in on his motorcycle. <laughs> Alan Gelman has arrived. Yes, Look out. Exactly. Yeah, Revving Dave's is... Corner Garage on the way here on Zuma Radio. Gee, it's been fun today. A lot of uh, good calls, huh? Yes, indeed. You can tell spring is in the air. There's a lot oh, going on right gosh. across the province, including across the border. Yep. We've got questions coming in. Yeah, very nice, Charlie. Yeah, so you, my my friend, my jet setter friend, uh, yes. off, you say you're off to Sarnia? A little bit later on this afternoon, yeah. Sw- my son Toby Gala. is driving, so I can maybe put my head back and rest a little sure. bit. Yeah. Uh, have you got your tucks uh, all cleaned and ready uh, to go? Yes, b- yes, best bib and tucker, all set Absolutely to go. Absolutely good to hear. <laughs> all right, well, you have a ton of fun. Hey, thank you. And, uh, and best wishes to all the birthday people. And uh, yes, indeed, I'll be busy in my garden, uh, catching up on all those things I haven't gotten to, because I've been too busy in other people's other gardens. People, yeah, exactly. And uh, so, yes, I've been doing a fair amount of planting of, for, you know, helping out some of my clients. And I'm proud to see I finally got my little pond. I have a, an above-ground water feature. And you know, that's something feature. we should plug more often is your website for, for getting to I you. I have a website. Well, I'm sorry. You're, uh, you're accessing yeah. me. Yeah. Yep. I do, I do garden consultations, horticultural design and consultations. And I'm actually off to a client after the show. So. Well, okay. Have a Never great day. a dull moment. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Sebastian. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.